All right, welcome back. February. Twenty fifth. Oh, you got it. Holy, let's go. <laughs> let's you got go. it. I told you you needed to get one. You got let's one. Let's go. <laughs> and then you got to. Now we got to. Now we got to get you off track so you can. So you can not know like the next five, and then we'll be shocked let's again when you get the next one. How awesome is that? What a way to start. Okay. Great episode. Great. Episode. All right, we'll see you guys well, next week. Yeah, <laughs> we're done. We're done. Um, <laughs> that was the season finale. Uh, so got a lot to talk about. I have some extreme fire takes today in hot take six. I don't want to go first because <clears throat> that's not how we do things. We also got, do we understand we can grab bag. It's our first week ever in the show's existence where we have no guests at all, but Hey, that doesn't slow us down. That's all right. Hey, we're, we're still kicking. We still have hot sports takes today. We have some, do you understand? And we're, Hey, we're right. Well, and we can grab bag. You're right. I also have a NASCAR prediction too. I actually have NASCAR in two things today. So nice. Ooh, I'm going to rub By my way, hands together and get going there. And we can grab bag. I have a lot of premier league. I'm sure uh, <laughs> uh, we'll dive deep into that, but no, what we, we are working on is some guests though, behind the scenes. And obviously those kind of things we don't get into. I mean, my goodness, we were working on Aaron for what three months, at, basically three and a half, four months, and so yeah. we couldn't really talk about. But, but behind the scenes, I was going to say you you wouldn't have seen that otherwise. But that's something that was. I mean, I, I'm hesitant to say confirmed, but something that we've been right. You're right, working on for a long time. So yeah, and it's we got a lot of great feedback on the episode. We appreciate everyone on that. Also. <laughs> It's becoming one of our most popular episodes, but still can't beat the uh, the coach episode. Everyone loves that episode, so that's a little behind. I us love that episode. episode. Yeah, it's a great episode. So Ryan, let's uh, let's start with your hot take six. I have an amazing fire take though when we get to mine, but go ahead and start. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, I told you that I had some NASCAR takes. Well, I have another one, and I'll give my prediction on the back half. I won't give it all away, but my first hot take in NASCAR. Uh, is is that a third driver for the third week in a row is going to win his first race at Homestead this week. Uh, so the Daytona 500 this year, Michael McDowell made it through an accident. Uh, I think Michael McDowell's been in NASCAR for better part of 12 or 13 years and won his first race at the Daytona 500. And then last week, um, a little bit of chaos happens and a young driver, Christopher Bell, won his first race in NASCAR. So I see no reason to keep the, keep the train or break the train. Keep the trend going. Let's have a third driver win his first race on Sunday at Homestead. Uh, there's some drivers that are potential candidates to win that that are first time guys. Uh, you always have to get through the through the big time drivers. And, and we'll talk about that a little bit more on the back half. But we, we love a good underdog story, right? You got to love seeing the guys get their first win or, or first title, whatever sport that may be. So always, always root for the for the underdog. Yeah, I mean, I. I feel like me with NASCAR is like you with Premier League when we when we dive into these things, passions that both of us have. I don't know how long you've been a NASCAR fan, but as we know here recently, I've dove so deep into Premier League that I think it's almost becoming an NFL college football type obsession. It's just it's it's uh, it's basically like watching the highest level of soccer you can find. Because there's so many different leagues, but we'll talk about that later. No, I 
NASCAR, it's one of those things like I'll flip through. I do know Bubba Wallace. I know like the Kyle Bushes, the, the, uh, isn't there a Kenneth Bush? Kyle and Kurt, the brothers. Kyle and Kurt. Okay. Yeah. No, Michael McDowell, that has actually surprisingly took over a lot of the early sports headlines from that, uh, last Daytona race and, and the last, race that was uh where was it this past weekend it was some road track right it is actually daytona so daytona they can basically mark it up to have a, a road course at daytona that they run other um series of auto racing on there now i i don't know as much about those series of racing um like the rolex 24 runs there which is different like variations of of auto racing but they've they've actually started running nascar on that road course too so interestingly enough they just stayed in uh stayed in Daytona Beach. Yeah, and it feels like Daytona is the Super Bowl, I guess, of NASCAR, mm-hmm. but it's still not something I think that I'm going to sit and watch through. I mean, you have to be really a crazy person to watch the race that ended at almost a quarter till one in the morning. Yeah, I, I will denote myself as a crazy person because I was, uh, that was, uh, I think the Penguins played maybe the Capitals that day. So I kind of had them on two different screens. I, I think I mentioned this and I had one screen in front of me, one up. Of course, then the race goes to red flag and and then it came back on at night. I was like, well, I mean, I got I'm, I have to watch it. Why would I not watch it at this point? I, I have to. So I, I did. But look, I, I think the fun thing about NASCAR is is the the thing about NASCAR is is very similar to every sport. There are there are people that kind of overrun the sport, if you will, when it comes to the people that are really good at the sport, um, the Kevin Harvick's, the Kurt Bush's, the Denny Hamlin's, uh, Chase Elliott, last year's champion. Um, but it's always good to see these guys. And, and I think NASCAR is kind of the one place that you can see this. I don't want to call it lesser talent because that's not what it is, but these other guys that don't typically win stuff can shake out strategies happen, things happen on the track and, and these guys can win races and, and I think that's the interesting thing, because if you look at it from like a football perspective, uh, let's say you're a Jaguars fan. So your Mecca of last season was winning the first game and then losing 15 in a row. So it's it's not necessarily as fun whenever you're not winning all the time. But as a NASCAR fan, you can take refuge in a, a sixth place finish or a good finish if you if you're running well or if you're lucky enough to win. And I think that's a. That's an interesting thing about the sport. Um, there's also a lot more strategy than you would ever believe. Oddly enough, I was a NASCAR fan long before I was an NFL fan, but I, I stopped watching the sport like 15 years ago. So kind of diving back into it, much like you're diving into Premier League, but it's almost like re, relearning it a little bit more than it is learning it. Not that you're learning Premier League for the first time, but you know I, I understand how NASCAR works. It's just a relearning everything and how it works yeah i guess the biggest thing also is i do remember jimmy johnson having that crazy streak and i also remember i don't know why it was such a big deal i guess because it was his dad's team or or something that uh he was owned but when dale jr switched to the number eight mountain dew sponsor whatever that was Mm -hmm. and he switched I remember that being a huge deal. I, it was like Sports Center was covering it for like four days. Like it was, you would have thought 
Ed Warder should have been outside Dale Jr.'s house like he was for Brett Favre that summer. <laughs> or at the Cowboys facility every day for 20 years, it felt like, whenever he was with ESPN. He, he, he lives there, and Sal Powell lives at Philadelphia. Those two guys, it seems like, have never had a different assignment at, at the uh, Esmond. But let's... We're good at it. Yeah. My first hot take is... We're so sick of it, right? We're so sick of reboots. We're so sick of sequels to things we don't need sequels to, right? We we talk about this. It almost feels like it nauseum, but it's these entertainment news stories, partly nostalgia and partly the fact that everyone's excited to see these characters continue, that the reason they dominate the entertainment news cycle. This is kind of one story combined. Rugrats is getting rebooted on Paramount Plus. It was everywhere yesterday on social media. Number two, Beavis and Butthead, the coming to America movie from 1999 is getting a sequel, should be debuting on Paramount Plus sometime in 2022, because of course those things can basically like the snap of a finger can flip on a dime because it's animation, adult animation. You know, you're not having to, you still have to write the scripts and shoot things, but it's not as long as a process of shooting uh, actual six months shoot like Spider-Man's going through right now at Atlanta. They started shooting that back in October. It's now February. They just released the title and they're still not even a quarter of the way done. It's just, I'm sick of it. And it's stupid. It is stupid. I watch if you see the Rugrats clip, and I'll show it to you if you haven't seen it. But it almost looks like claymation. It's mm-hmm. it's very weird. It's very awkward. It doesn't. It here's what it feels like to me. Knight Rider came back on NBC, and so did Fear Factor and a bunch of other shows like around the late two thousands, American Gladiator, and I feel like. We feel like with Rugrats, because we're part of that eight, the millennial age range where we grew up with cartoons at their probably golden peak, if we're being honest, where that's probably what people like our age when they were younger feel like with Knight Rider, Fear Factor, or American Gladiator coming back on reboots. Like the original was good. There's no reason to do it. And speaking of Fear Factor, Joe Rogan said recently that it was a massive mistake for him to do fear factor again because it wasn't the same energy that the original had so if if i'm going to i and i'll be honest if i'm going to be in on a reboot it would be something that i care about and and that would be something like rugrats however i saw the i saw the the clip that you're talking about and the pictures of it and it just it doesn't you're right I'm, I'm with you on the fact that it just doesn't feel the same and I don't think I'm into it too. Uh, I also saw too that, um, I don't know how I saw this one, it just kind of popped up in my feed. Uh, another show that's getting a reboot too is iCarly. And Fairly uh, Odd like Parents. Teens. Fairly Odd Parents is too. And Frasier, all going to be rebooted on Paramount+. Plus. Frasier went for 11 seasons. And on top of the Frasier character, he had already been a character on Cheers from season four to season 11, then doing all the episodes on Frasier from season one to 11. So he essentially did three, 400 episodes of television. There's no sense reviving his character. Yeah. And, and that's where, that's where it gets, that's where it gets, I don't want to say frustrating, but that's where it gets almost 
just insane for me is, is that we're talking about doing this and continuing on these things. Look, I loved the Rugrats. That was my favorite. That was probably my favorite cartoon when I was younger. I've, I've told the story here how the Rugrats taught me to read, but the thing is, is I, I just don't, we, we don't need more. It lives in its space and it's fine. Um, even whenever, now this could also be just part of like growing up and you didn't, you didn't appreciate it the same, but you remember when Rugrats went off the air originally, and then they tried to not necessarily reboot it, but continuing on on with them being all grown up. Yeah, I do remember the all grown up. Tommy Pickles had purple hair. That was a weird choice. Yeah. So is this, I mean, so, I mean, I understand that this will be a continuation as them as, as babies based on the pictures, but I just, I don't think we need more. This what we're trying to do is cross generations with these things. And I think that's, I think that's part of the problem here is, is our generation appreciates what we saw and what we loved, which is something like Rugrats or Fairly Odd Parents, two shows that I adored when Rock I was, when I was younger. Absolutely. And, and I would watch, I would watch those episodes continually on loop. I still love those shows. I don't want to see the 2021, 2022 version of these things. I just don't. And, you know, if it, if it's breaking records, sure, I'll, I'll check into it. But, you know, the, the Beavis and Butthead, though, is a little bit more intriguing, though, because I feel, I feel a little bit, I feel a little bit better about that one. And the reason I say that is, is because I feel like with Beavis and Butthead, there is no story. They just kind of exist in their own little ether of, of whatever world, because they've tried to reboot that before. And, and as I remember, it was fairly successful. It wasn't, you know, breaking records but it was it was something that people bought into uh so i mean if it's in the movie form because it's typically a, a an animation show i would be okay with the movie i think that's fine obviously you want to do it right and don't don't piss anybody off but point is is overall i just i don't need reboots and we're getting to the point now where we're rebooting things that we grew up on and and i i don't i don't want that the final point with everything is just what I stated in the beginning. I don't understand why it dominates the news cycle. I, I understand to a point, but I, what I don't understand is, are they dominating the entertainment cycle because of its previous success? Or is it dominating the news cycle? Hey, these people are coming back. You're, you're going to get to see these characters that you followed. And that's why it's dominating the news cycle, because it feels like we have to talk about this every episode. But it's because something is getting rebooted every single episode we do something. And we're living in the streaming wars. And to be honest with you, five, 10 years from now, stuff like cable, if it's not already, is going to be completely non-existent. Satellite, I don't understand people who are still signing up for satellite contracts. That makes no sense. But you have to have a breaking point. And it almost seems like Paramount Plus is going to the deep, nostalgia factor bringing back like fairly odd parent there is absolutely no reason in hell in hell that they should bring back fraser i mean fraser was one of the most successful comedy shows of all time with emmy excuse me with emmy wins but if you think it from from kelsey Grammer's point of view maybe the script will be good when he gets it but think from his point of view he's already done three four hundred 500 episodes of the same character over multiple shows, Cheers and Frasier. What I it's yeah. 
we just i think that's you you touched on it though we live in the nostalgia generation where we look back on things and remember them super super fun. i think everybody has that to an extent but i feel like our generation looks at the 90s as like the greatest era of everything so we have to have that stuff from the 90s today and we just don't we just don't need it um i i actually had this conversation about being like a 90s kid versus a 2000s kid do, do you feel like and i know we're, we're getting a little sidetracked here but do you feel like you're a 90s kid or a 2000s kid or do you feel like you're a combination of both because we're about the same age here no I'm, I'm definitely 90s because if i can remember stuff from the 90s like the acid wash jeans and cartoons mm -hmm. and those kind of like spongebob didn't premiere until 98. Mm -hmm. yeah so my thing is, is I feel like I'm a little bit of both because I agree that I, I feel like I, I see a lot of this stuff from the, from the nineties. And like, that's, I remember it, but we didn't get like fully in on all the trends because we were younger, but like the two thousands is when we were in our impressionable years as the school system likes to call uh, in those years where we have more just like access to those things. And we see that stuff more. So I, I like to think that I'm a little bit of both, but you know, being a nineties kid is, is still fun, but I also don't need a Rugrats reboot. So welcome to, welcome to 2021. Um, all right. So a new story that's been up around the last couple of days, um, NBA story here, Kyrie Irving is pushing for the NBA to change its logo to a silhouette of Kobe Bryant. And I saw today that um, Kobe's widow is also in with that too. She supports it too. And, and I don't even know if this is a hot take per se, um, but it's, it's just, it's not going to happen. I, I don't, the, the, the thing that people fail to see with something like this, it's a great idea. I understand why people want to do this. And, and I understand that, you know, there is the, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving even saying, you know, Black Kings built this league. I understand that side of it. I really do. But the issue that I see behind it is it's way too expensive to rebrand a league. When you are talking about rebranding a league, you are talking about billions of dollars that it's going into this reband because, um, and I'm sure you know this process, but if our listeners don't, for instance, uh, say that we go to a team and we want somebody's number. So basically, if I want somebody's number, they always joke about like, oh, this person gave me this and gave me that for my number. But the other side of that is, is to my understanding, that player has to buy out all the merchandise that's already created with his name and number on it because the league can't sell it anymore. And that's a very similar aspect to what would happen in the NBA if this happened. The NBA essentially has to take a loss with every piece of NBA merchandise that they have with the silhouette of Jerry West on it and they have to rebrand all their arenas, all their trade. You know, it's a it's a process that would take years, number one, but would cost billions of dollars to do as well. And while I do appreciate and understand and respect the sentiment behind why they want to do this, I just don't think it's going to happen. The NBA is not going to put the money into it uh, to do it. And, and I don't think we'll see this happen for any premier uh, type sports league for a long time. No, we <clears throat> we definitely won't see it. I mean, think about this. There's been push in the NBA for years, not recently, but there's been push in the NBA for people to say, hey, never let anyone wear Michael Jordan's number again. Mm -hmm. Retire his number league-wide. That's never happened. And 
there was even a petition on change.org last year after the events where it garnered like four or five million signatures, something like that. I mean, it was one of the most insane petitions ever on change.org. Still nothing. I think if anything, what, sh what will probably end up happening, it, it <sighs> the Lakers will probably say, hey, we're going to retire number 24 and number eight. And I'm pretty sure they already did that, but mm -hmm. no one's allowed to wear those numbers. It, it's, it, it would be a very hard thing to do. Um, quick Knicks minute, Julius Randle's an all-star. <laughs> and they're back, baby. They're the best team in New York. I don't care that Brooklyn's won six or seven in a row. I don't care. <laughs> but it it does make you think. I, I, I feel like what I wish would happen is maybe a, kind of similar to baseball, like a Jackie Robinson day, almost mm -hmm. doing that on an NBA type thing with. 224 um in february for kobe it's just uh it it's it's hard and you know i he's yeah i i don't i don't know where the nba will go for him but they're definitely going to honor him at some point i just don't think they even know yet how to do it yeah, and, and I, I understand that there is justification behind that. And and I feel as if they could do something. There's a there's a lot of players that they could honor in that way. Um, you know, somebody like Bill Russell, who obviously was one of the cornerstones of kind of the, um, I, I suppose you would say, early NBA, uh, along with Wilt Chamberlain, of course, Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson, um, and Kobe Bryant of the current game, along with LeBron James. But the the point is, is there, there's just, there's too much money to be lost. And, and if you know anything about these leagues, that's what it all revolves around. So there's, there's too much money to be lost. And, you know, again, I, I just want to say, I understand why folks want this. And I understand and respect why the, the issue is, is that there's just too much money involved in it. And, you know, I, I think I could see something like this happening if players were like, Hey, like we'll put in money to do it. But um, you know, it's not even that I don't believe that they would do that. It's just I I can't see the NBA pushing to have a movement like this happen. It's just I I, I can't fathom that a team would change their or a, a league would change their logo like that. Uh, and without careful consideration behind it, too. I mean, there's there's a lot of strategies that go into this. Uh, I'm tapping into what I do for an actual job. But, you know, rebrands are expensive and and that's there's there's so much marketing that goes into the backside of this that you just wouldn't be able to capture and and again it's not it wouldn't be you know folks are like let's change the logo now great sentiment but there's no way that that would ever happen if you are talking a rebrand for a league as big as the nfl nba anything like that five to ten years is probably a, a realistic time frame of when you would be able to even accomplish something like that yeah and it, I just really think it comes down to they don't know how to honor him yet. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to figure out some way to do that. But second story here, kind of sticking in the Paramount Plus things, kind of a hot take. It's, it is stupid again. It's stupid again. So Halo, the show that has been, I 
think it's in post editing. So it's should have a trailer over the summer teaser, whatever. I don't, you know, but it, it's basically, it's finished, if not finished all the way, but <laughs> it was going to be on Showtime and that was announced back in 2018, 2019. Now it's moving to Paramount Plus to drive up subscribers. We both subscribe to multiple services. I'm pretty sure just like everyone else in America does. Pretty much everyone has a Disney Plus subscription. By the way, if, if you haven't seen WandaVision on your Instagram feed or social media, it's everywhere. And get ready for Friday when this episode comes out because you're going to have to shelter yourself for the amount of memes that are out there. If it crashes Disney Plus two weekends in a row, can we just agree that it's a phenomenon, if not already? But it's, it's moving from Showtime to Paramount Plus. CBS owns Showtime. They own Showtime Sports, Boxing, all that kind of stuff on the Showtime side. I just find it kind of insane that Showtime, I think, is more expensive than what Paramount Plus is going to be. So why wouldn't you keep it on Showtime to drive up a premium subscription like that versus taking it to Paramount Plus? It's just one of those things that we continue to have to talk about it every time. But we, are, we really are living in streaming and technology when it comes to that stuff. And it's kind of insane that shows are basically being added to certain services here and there for people to basically subscribe to one show as we've talked about before. Well, and, and that's kind of the reason that I, I backtracked a couple episodes ago talking about my willingness to subscribe to Paramount because what we talked about in your last take when it comes to those like Nickelodeon shows, that's what I grew up on. So if I could watch them all in one place, that would be fantastic. In fact, I would absolutely love that. That probably means in my world that I would have to give up something, which I mean, not the worst thing in the world, depending on whatever it is. But anyway, and I know we talked about Halo before, but it, it, now I'm, I'm not going to claim to be an entertainment king here by any stretch of the imagination. I've not seen anything about this. Is are people actually excited for this? I mean, I, I again, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not deep diving into the entertainment world. Most of the news that I see on a daily basis is Pittsburgh sports news, but I just, I can't, I can't even see why people would be like, oh yeah, we are, we are dying to see the Halo TV show. Again, maybe I'm wrong, but I just, I can't see something like this being successful. And again, when it comes to video games and move, making it into a TV, making it into a movie, it's just, it is not easy to do. And you're, you're walking a dark path. It is crazy that Paramount Plus comes out one week from now. One week. And they're announcing all these things. And they have to be behind in the eight ball, right? They're not, they're not HBO with Game of Thrones or... Of course, they have a lot of stuff, but basically what it is, it's CBS and then all the stuff that MTV or Nickelodeon owns or used to own or things that they can put on there. It feels like they're behind in the eight ball, and this is almost like a move to catch up. I think you're right. I don't understand how, how crazy the fandom is for this show. I've seen, I've read as well that it seems to be going well, that shoots were going well and there was 
even uh, I mean, there's only been really one photo, one, two photos of, about the actor who's playing Master Chief and it like went viral. I, I don't it's it's so hard to make a game into a movie or TV show and especially something like that. So it has to be done the right way. But it feels like they're behind in the eight ball. And as we continue to talk about this on this episode, I'm still a little annoyed about the whole thing. But it feels like they're behind in the eight ball. And this could be a nuclear take. It feels like they are setting themselves up for a lot of disappointed fans with stuff like Rugrats or any revival you want to name, like Fairly Odd Parents. You know what I mean? Because they're they're dipping so far in the nostalgia factor, they're not even thinking like original. You know what I you know what I don't need again? I don't need the reboots. You know what I want the entire back catalog of Nickelodeon? Because there there are shows that I watched on Nickelodeon that you know were never played again in succession because they just weren't popular. I'm I'm gonna throw one out for you that if Paramount that now I would never subscribe for 20 episodes of a show, but it just bear with me here. There was a show on Nickelodeon, it was in the mid early to mid 2000s um the show cat scratch did you ever watch that or know of it and hear of it wait you mean cat dog no cat cat scratch it was a it was a completely different show cat dog i love too but this one was called cat scratch no i i don't even know what cat scratch is okay so it was basically three cats who lived with their this is not like an episode this is basically just the premise of the show but It was three cats who lived with their owner who was rich, lived in a mansion. She died and left the mansion to the cats and the cats can talk. If you could promise me that 20 episode back catalog or 40 episode back catalog for me to watch, sign me up. You know what I don't want? I don't want more iCarly. I just want to watch Cat Scratch. Like I, my nostalgia factor is not seeing more of what I once loved. It's seeing what I loved again because it's not on anymore. Give me rocket power. Give me the old Fairly Odd Parents episodes. That's when that's when everything was in its prime. I don't need more of it. I just want what I already know that I love. And there's a reason that Nickelodeon was one of the most successful networks, not kids network. I feel like everyone was a Nickelodeon kid, our age range. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason it was one of the most, there was an article that came out couple months ago that Nickelodeon during the late 90s early 2000s was one of the top 10 most watched networks every single day along with stuff like NBC HBO when HBO was coming into its own with Sopranos and Prison Break Mm -hmm. shows like that Uh, I'm sorry not Prison Break uh, Oz that goes to show you those shows are successful and there's no reason to redo them yeah we we just we don't we don't need it. I, I don't need redos. I don't need anything like that. Everything that we did was fine. I loved the shows that we had. Again, if you could promise me an entire, uh, if you could entire or promise me an entire back catalog of those shows, I'd gladly watch it. But don't try to sell me a reboot because I certainly don't need it. But yeah, that's the world we're living in. So I guess we're gonna see uh, claymation, Tommy Pickles, whatever. Anyway. You want to talk about nuclear takes? Boy, do I have one for you. I saved this one for last because of the uh, degree of hotness here, because I feel like this could uh, spark a good bit of debate here. Now, we've said before that this uh, show is for entertainment purposes, so I can't even say that I 
fully think something like this would happen, but my hot nuclear solar flare type take today is Russell Wilson will be the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints in 2021. Yeah, that is <laughs> – that's nuclear like when I said Wentz is going to win the Super Bowl MVP next year. That's that's really nuclear, especially reports coming out today that saying that he and his agent never asked for a trade. It feels like Seattle's an underrated sports town, by the way, with now getting the crack. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't have the Seattle Sonics. Isn't it a shame that they, they're going to have a new arena, but they don't have the Seattle Sonics? That's one of the most travest, biggest travesties in sports, that they lost to Seattle. Give them a basketball team. Give them a basketball team. Give them a basketball team. Give them the Kings. Move the Kings up there and give them new ownership. Get Either something. that or just give them a basketball team and put a basketball team in Vegas. Vegas has a nice new arena. Cool. That, that would be a nice little expansion for the NBA. But <laughs> I tell you what is fascinating, though, about the whole Russell saga is Russ seems like the most even-keeled guy. He doesn't seem like a high prima donna. He doesn't seem like he wants this, he wants that. He seems like a pretty even-keeled mm-hmm. guy. There are certain quarterbacks in the league who do feel that way. Ironically, I feel like Matt Ryan's one of those guys like Matt Ryan's like, I can't play with this guy. I can't play with this guy. And I feel like, you know, the coaching staff's like, hey, Matt, you know, we're looking at a guy this week in the draft. You know, what do you think? Nah, I don't know. I don't like what it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Matt Ryan's that type of guy. But Russ, what's, what's a better landing spot for him than Seattle? They paid him big when they got rid of all their defensive players, right? They chose him over everyone on the defensive side of the ball, like Sherman, Cam, um, Mm-hmm. Who else was on that? Mike Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett was one of the key players. Michael Bennett. Um, I mean, Bobby Wagner's still there, but Malcolm Smith was a uh, Super Bowl MVP, and they were going to pay him, but they decided not to. And I, you know, it ended up which probably was a great move. Great move. <laughs> but where's a better landing spot for him than Seattle? Ironically, if he does go somewhere, you know, where I think could be a good landing spot for him. I don't think of a place better than Seattle, but if I had to pick one, forced to make a decision, I feel like Las Vegas is a good fit for him. I feel like he has the connection with Gruden. He knew him before he was coming out into the draft, right? Gruden was still doing the TV thing. They did the QB camp. They worked together a lot. And also, Mm -hmm. Gruden, when he was doing Monday Night Football, always talked highly about Russ. They always did the pre – he always did the pre-game interviews as far as – whatever was going on that weekend with John, it just feels like that's the only landing spot he could go to. I don't feel like, I feel like Vegas has enough pieces that they could move. And outside, outside of that, I don't feel like anywhere else is a good landing spot for him because Seattle fits him. It really does. He doesn't have anyone around him, but it fits. him. I think to your point about him being a prima donna, I completely agree with that. I think the only thing that I've ever heard potentially out of that like camp of people. I, I can't imagine that it, I, it, it probably was not Russell Wilson, but basically it might've been like his agent saying like, get Russ an offensive line. Uh, okay, fair. I, I think that's something that a quarterback should have. I don't feel like that's a ridiculous request. Get him somebody to block for him. Shocking. I think everyone deserves that. So I saw two, um, two, two, um, one's, one's funny, but one is a little bit more serious and I'll go in depth on it. Uh, so there's also potential reports that he could end up with the bears 
as a, one of the teams on his list of players or list of teams, I should say. Um, and somebody ranked the greatest Bears quarterbacks of all time, and they ranked Russell Wilson as fourth just by saying that he would play for the Bears. And I don't think that's completely wrong. If you look at Bears quarterback history, I think that um, I think that you would probably agree. But the two the two points that I want to make here with this, and in, in regards to Russell Wilson, and I think Deshaun Watson too. I did see a tweet today too that I really I really think is important to note here when talking about uh, the switch of quarterbacks in this league, and that's that when you're talking about trading for a quarterback, especially somebody as high profile as a Russell Wilson or a Deshaun Watson, you have to be able to have the capital and the the you know, draft spots, players, whatever you're looking to do to help that team basically find its next franchise quarterback. And, and the thing about that is, is a, and, and what this person said is that if your draft pick is, for instance, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, you don't have that you don't have the opportunity for them to take the next, you know, top 10 type quarterback. So that's why if you're a, you know, let's, let's just say the jets here, for instance, you know, the jets have one of the top picks in the draft. It makes more sense for the jets to trade for a player like Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, because they have that capital that they can bring on to the trade where a team like the saints, they made the playoffs and they're, they're drafting in the twenties. Or even if you're drafting in the mid-teens or late teens, you still don't have that capital. But point is, is, you know, if you're going to be able to do that, you have to provide that capital. And look, I, I think Russell Wilson's saga is a little bit different. I, I think it's just some hearsay at this point. But another thing I find interesting, the other point I want to make is, why would Russell Wilson have a list if he's not ever considered leaving Seattle? I think that's just a, a strong arm move. Because he's clearly the most important piece on their team, just like any quarterback is, right? Mm -hmm. But they need him. There, there is no way they are not going to give him what he wants because it's not like a Le'Veon Bell situation either. It's not like a Darrell no. Rivas situation where he's like, hey, I need this much money right now. Let's restructure my contract. I need this piece. I need that piece. I need this. It's not any of that. It's just, it really feels like a nice little NFL offseason story to chew and nibble on going into the draft because they they do need some work. I mean, when you look at their offensive line, it's still in shambles. He's been set. He's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league since 2013. Second of all, DK Metcalf's really the only piece. He does have Chris Carson. I don't know if Chris Carson's contract is up. If it is, I would imagine they would need to re-sign him because who else are they going to get in the backfield? If anything, they'll draft a running back as a number two guy to Chris Carson. And finally, mm -hmm. Pete Carroll loves Russ. They have a great relationship. I don't feel like anything's damaged there. I just really feel like this is a nice little NFL, NFL offseason story where sometimes it feels like things get blown in proportion in the NFL offseason because it is the offseason. But it feels like one of those stories. And it very well could be. I, I think that's a lot of what the chatter is. I mean, look, we just want something to talk about football whenever we don't have football. So it makes sense. But the 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 interesting thing about Russ is, is I agree with you. I think Seattle is the best spot for him. He's obviously won a Super Bowl there. So there is a, 
you know, I, I and I don't want to speak for anybody, but like an emotional attachment to the city. And I'm, I'm, I can't imagine that Seattle fans are like, oh, we need to think about the future because Russell Wilson proves that he can still win games. Um, but but I think and in, in not to c- continually get down a rabbit hole with this, I think people like Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady further these conversations because they're guys that are so good that when you look at it from a, a from a like a fan's perspective, you're like, well, we don't have one of those guys. So how are we going to win these games? So it's it's I very much about putting those pieces around you. And look, if if Russ goes down to New Orleans, I think that's an interesting move because the the Saints are not afraid to go get a quarterback in free agency. In fact, it won them a Super Bowl. Um, so there's no reason that they couldn't trade for one in Russell Wilson. But I I think I think you'll honestly and truly without the uh, entertainment side of this present i truly think that you'll see russell wilson in a seahawks uniform for for next year and beyond i miss the xfl <laughs> soon soon you don't miss the um you don't miss the um what's the other one called afl the afl you don't miss the afl watching games on the afl was like torture it I'll was, tell you what I miss is the Arena Football League. It's still around. Not as many teams. I think uh, I think there's like six, seven or eight teams. Um, yeah, more than that. But um, last story is hot take. I don't even think it's an opinion. I think it's a fact. Marvel controls the internet. They control, <laughs> they control the narrative, it seems like, in, in all of entertainment even when there's great directors out there like Tarantino and Spielberg and Scorsese, when they say something, it's peanuts, I think, compared to what Marvel says. Marvel yesterday has a meeting, basically, uh, almost like a press conference, I, I would get, you know, essentially just keeping the media up to date. WandaVision everywhere, right? It's even mm-hmm. the song from the last episode, no spoiler alerts, but it's on Spotify now. Also, they announced Loki, which if you haven't seen Thor, shame on you. Loki is Thor's brother. That's not a spoiler. Comes out June 11th. They announced a date for that. And then finally, there was no mention. It's almost kind of weird. Netflix, before Disney Plus started and even became a discussion, Netflix had really great Marvel shows. Mm -hmm. And they were all like rated M for Mature, basically. Uh, And... For mature audiences there was no mention of any of those characters coming over to disney and i find that odd because they now own those properties again after the licensing or whatever happened on netflix is up even though those shows are still on netflix it's all it's all just very weird they control the internet and it's pretty cool to see something growing up that i loved being a nerd nerd fandom is everywhere nowadays it's not even i don't even think it's Done, you know, I don't even think it's lame to say that you are a nerd. It's almost like pop culture at this point, but it's it's pretty wild to say. And then Spider-Man has has a movie title, and you would have thought everyone lost their mind, like they got like a movie trailer for two minutes. It was just the title. I I I disagree absolutely none with your take i marvel controls a lot more than the internet they control about the entire entertainment industry it feels like with everything um you know when when you are talking about holding a press conference like you said and you just get a title and people go nuts you're doing something right 
Um, also, too, I, I think the uh, you know one thing that I, I've 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 talked about this before too. You like talk about being a nerd. I, I I hate when people not you obviously, but I hate when people like look at somebody negatively and they're like, oh, you're a nerd. Like, what do you do? Everyone's a nerd about something. And you know, if you're a nerd about comic books or superheroes or something, Star Wars, go for it. That's what you love. It's not you're not a nerd. You just love that. That is perfectly fine. My nerd thing and you know thing that I loved is NFL history, because no sane person at 21 years old should be able to sit on a Sporkle quiz and name 220 of the NFL Hall of Famers from just literal memory. That we are all nerds about something. And, you know, the people that typically say it, you are too. You just may not realize it the same. But, you know, the, the Marvel is Marvel is king. And the fact that Disney owns them is not scary in a sense that things are going to go awry, but scary in the sense that it only really has the potential to get better because with Disney's arsenal that they have behind them, I, I can't see any of this slowing down anytime soon. No. And I guess the last two things is, remember talking about star wars world how that is already a thing in disney mm -hmm. land in disney world they're building a marvel world like a whole marvel campus based on marvel characters that that has to make bukus of money and then the second thing is it was kind of interesting to see from following marvel even reading the x-men comics like i did and i still do don't judge me don't at me don't tweet me don't instagram me yes i still read x-men comics not every day but probably probably once a week do, do you enjoy it yeah because there there's so many x-men comics absolutely that no shame in it there's there's x-men comics that i still am learning stories about you know what i mean it's just like reading a mm -hmm. book just with a different version but basically what's wild is he he basically admitted that people who don't see wandavision and if they go see dr strange which is one of their more successful movie characters and mcu mm -hmm. characters and it's a great movie if you haven't seen it but saying if you don't see wandavision and you go in to see dr strange 2 in the theaters you're going to be he didn't say lost he said you'll be completely lost and confused so that was the first time where it was like, oh, okay. So everything has continu continuity to begin with from one story to the next. Basically, he's saying this is a must watch to get to this story. And that was the first time where it's ever been anything like that. Well, I think WandaVision, as we've discussed on a few occasions, is only going to get bigger. So there's, there's no reason to believe that, um, you know, there's not more potential out there for something like that. And when it comes to characters and character development, like you talked about with the comic books and, and reading stories you've not seen before, that's going to happen too. And also too, I, uh, I, I have a crystal ball prediction that has nothing to do with sports. Uh, it has to do with your savings account, that you're going to put every ounce of dollar that you have into your savings account and make a two-week trip to Star Wars World and Marvel World here in about five years. That's accurate. <laughs> it's not even a hot take that's just that's just that's just a fact yeah that's pretty accurate yeah by then i'll hopefully i'll have the star wars sleeve done um and if i don't go to star wars world or marvel world i'll save up uh money to go to like uh i don't know something like wrestlemania or the olympics i've i've, 
I don't know why I've wanted to go to the Olympics in Paris in 2024 since like 2019, 2020. I even taught myself some French or tried to. That didn't go very well. But what what can you tell me? What's your favorite French word? Man, I haven't taken a French lesson in about two years. Um, that Duolingo owl is pissed. It I get emails every day, man. It's it is ridiculous. But um, Ryan, before we jump into weekend grab bag, and also do we understand and some quick Monday morning headlines as always. This weekend is going to be a huge college basketball weekend, but. I'm not always going to be listening to the announcers. I'm not always going to be listening to the ins and outs of the game. Sometimes I feel like people at a restaurant get mad when they're sitting at the bar and there's not sound on the TV, but that's what apps are for. There's an app for everything. And I actually have an app where you can just sync it up, but those kind of things don't bother me. I think for football, I care more about the announcing at times than I do basketball, but Mm -hmm. Man, I'm going to be listening to Amazon Music a lot this weekend. Big weekend in sports. Yeah. And I'm going to be listening to that early 2000s rap. Still a little bit of Daughtry, but uh, I've actually calmed it back on that a little bit. And um, I've been listening to early 2000s raps and a lot of Third Eye Blind. I'm really, really into Third Eye Blind right now and Sugar Ray bands that probably haven't been on tour in like seven eight years and blink 182 but i'm doing all that on amazon music who is um who is in your 2000s rap kick i just want to ask because i've been on a little bit of a rap kick recently more 90s but um i I just want to know like who's kind of been your go-tos dr dre's the uh chronic two album Okay. With Eminem, of course, Eminem, and you know the next episode, mm-hmm. classic songs there. Nelly, Nelly's a great, okay. great early two thousands, great early two thousands, and then also the third, the third that's been popping up. It's it's not by choice. Like I just listen to it whenever it's on. But is uh, Sean Paul? I don't really know if that's considered rap, but Sean Paul and Usher have been like tied right there at number three. Yeah, I mean, you could call it rap. Um, I, I think of uh, Temperature, and there's another song. I think it's called We Be Burning. I, I, I remember that song very fondly. I love that one. Uh, so I've been on a little bit of a rap kick recently, which is a, a little bit different. Uh, you know, still weave my metal and rock in there. Uh, I've been in the 90s a little bit. So I've been into uh, some Notorious B.I.G., uh, Easy E. In fact, I know this is bad radio, but um, I actually have an Easy E shirt on as we speak. So the Compton, my, my Compton hero of easy, um, a little bit of the game. So I've been on the West coast, really some Kendrick Lamar, even more recently, but, uh, big news in the music industry is that the offspring is putting out their first album in nine years. So big offspring fan, the offspring. Yes. The offspring is putting out their first album, um, in nine years. And it's called, let me find it here. It's called let the bad times roll. So that first single is is self-titled and it's out on Amazon Music. So go check it out on Amazon Music. Get your rap fix, get your country fix, get your rock fix, get your metal fix, whatever you are looking for. But you're going to find it on Amazon Music. Create playlists, find playlists that are a little bit more catered to you. 
uh, pick your favorite songs, put them all in one big playlist. I don't care, but find it all on Amazon Music. And when you sign up, make sure you use the code getamazonmusic.com backslash two Ryan Sports when you sign up today. Uh, and again, that code is getamazonmusic.com backslash two Ryan Sports. Listen to a little Easy E, a little bit of Nelly, some Third Eye Blind. Um, I actually got a band hoodie today, one of my favorite, um, they call it Deathcore bands uh, called Fit for an Autopsy. I got a new Fit for an Autopsy hoodie today. So big, big stuff in the, in the, in the music world. And you can listen to it all on, on Amazon Music, folks. So, by the way, before we jump into everything, have you at least seen Straight Outta Compton? I know you're not an entertainment guy. Really, there's a lot of stuff you haven't seen. But did you at least see Straight Outta Compton? If you're wearing that Easy E shirt. So I've I've been an Easy E fan longer than before that movie came out. I've not seen it yet. It's been in my it's been in my like I need to see this category for a long time. So it's it's still in there. And honestly, when when we joke when we joke about like all oh, right, you need to see a movie like make that one the first one because I genuinely want to see that movie. Like that's one that I definitely want to see. I just I haven't got around to it yet. It's okay. I put it at like. A five point five point four. I've I've seen worse. I sat through Leatherheads, yeah. so you ooh, know. Ooh, that's bad. That's really bad. It's it's uh kind of like Draft Day. It's like I don't want to watch that again. Draft Day is a terrible. Yeah. Um, Leatherheads is the one of the only movies that in the movie theater I considered walking out on, and it, it was absurdly terrible. <laughs> By the way, I know you were big in a draft day because that movie came out like um, not too long ago, like what, seven, eight years. But if you're going to name yeah, a not, character, a quarterback called Bo Callahan or whatever, and the Cleveland Browns are the number one pick, I mean, can you really just think of a terrible storyline? And it was basically just all done to draft him. Anyway, anyway. Um, I mean, you could write that script in any decade with the Browns as the number one pick. So, I mean, let's just be honest here that that could really be from any, any decade. Right. Um, so let's do weekend grab bag first. Let's do weekend grab bag, little, okay. little lopsided first. So weekend grab bag, I'm just going to go through things that are on my weekend grab bag. Mm -hmm. Iowa versus Ohio state on Sunday, huge big 10 matchup. Right now, right behind me, you can see it. I switched from SNL for the first time in, what, a, a week? Uh, by the way, I'm still in yeah, the Okay. Um, but Iowa right now currently leading 15-12 on Michigan. They play on Sunday against Ohio State. That Ohio State-Michigan game on this past Sunday was unbelievable. The way the game maneuvered, it really, it really took you into, okay, that feels like, real big 10 conference tournament type play not just conference play because sometimes when you get the conference games there's lackadaisical i don't know if you saw it the other night but uh wvu tcu and then that game ended and that was kind of like a slow kind of game really pacing wise and then you get to the kansas state mm -hmm. game what were those jerseys that was wild but baylor kansas on saturday that's going to be a huge matchup obviously illinois wisconsin Another huge Big Ten matchup. People were sleeping on Illinois. Illinois is one of the best teams in the country. And if you haven't been watching them play, that's that's a shame on you because put them as a possible Final Four team come the tournament time here in three, four weeks because 
the way they move up and down the court, and right now they're playing Nebraska, it almost feels like a crime how good they are. Then Texas versus Texas Texas Tech. I can't say Texas Tech. I don't know why. That's going to be a huge Big 12 matchup, 10 versus 14, another huge conference tournament game. Well, conference play game, I should say, could be something we see in conference tournament play if there is one. Why? I don't, by the way, can we talk about that real quick? Why are conferences not making up their minds yet? Why they, if they want to play tournaments or if they don't? I mean, the Horizon League, they have a tournament that's starting tonight. So I would assume bids are going to be coming here soon as far as those kind of leagues. Then Premier League, huge, huge, huge Premier League weekend. Man City versus West Ham on Saturday, 7.30 a.m. Get your cup of coffee on the East Coast, 4.30 Pacific. And Man U versus Chelsea. If you don't know anything about soccer, Man U versus Chelsea, that seems like something everyone should know if you're a sports fan because Man U is like the Yankees of Premier League and Chelsea is basically like the Red Sox. And the two of them against each other hate each other. I do remember before watching Premier League having FIFA and I played FIFA in 2K pretty much all the time. And I always picked Man U and my friend always picked Chelsea. So that's what I have to go off that really, but it's going to be a huge, huge matchup on Sunday. I feel like they could actually end up in a draw, how good the two teams are on both sides of the ball, but that's what I got on my weekend grab bag. It's a massive weekend. Yeah. Even, even I know what that game is without being a, a big, um, a big football or soccer fan, whatever you refer to it as uh, even I know the magnitude of that game. So that'll be a, that'll be a fun one too. Um, you mentioned Kansas and Baylor, and I actually had that one written down too for the for the reason of, you know, we've talked on this show at length too about how Kansas is not the Kansas of old. Like the Blue Bloods this year are not having great years, but it's still the fog. And Baylor has had their, you know, their COVID issues and being not being able to play, and, and they've kind of had to work around their schedule. I mean, I realize it's not the same without fans there, but it's still somewhat of a daunting task to go into Kansas and try to win a game um, if, if you haven't done it in a while or it, just in general. I mean, it's a tough place to play. So uh, I think that'll be an interesting game. Uh, of course, I, I, would be, I would be wrong to not mention our alma mater, WVU, playing Kansas State. Um, hopefully that should be a, a, I'm reluctant to say, fairly easy game, but it should be a, should be a win. Uh, you know, Bob Huggins is up to 897 wins now. He is so three wins Hall away from from 900, and somehow the Basketball Hall of Fame has still uh, still missed over him, which is just insane to me. Or seemingly more deserving people. I I digress. Anyway, uh, also on my grab bag, uh, just a couple NBA games that I pointed out here. Uh, or noted when looking at the schedule. So the the big build game on Saturday is Dallas versus Brooklyn. Is Dallas not one of the worst teams in the West? They're not good. I mean, they're not great, but I would put them at average. It's, by the way, fun little story. As a Knicks fan, it's extremely frustrating them watching tra uh, trading Kristaps Porzingis. But it hasn't really worked out in Dallas, and it's one of those awkward things where you look back and you can't believe you were mad at something as a sports fan is watching that. But now watching it all take place in Dallas, he's now on the trade block in Dallas, and they're looking to shop him. 
and make room for Luca to get a better number two there because he can't stay healthy. He's on all, all the time. And yeah, it, Brooklyn though, everyone's riding high on them. They are not as good as people think they are. I don't, I really don't think that. I really don't think they are as good as people think they are. Well, we know who you think the best in New York is. Yeah. And they're wearing, they're wearing the blue and orange. Not the not the black and gray. So I'll 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 take your word for it on that. But Clippers and Bucks on Sunday, the Lakers and Golden State on Sunday. Uh, so a couple premier matchups there. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins have a back to back on Saturday and Sunday against the New York Islanders. Um, I I don't know if you've been watching a, a ton of hockey this year, uh, but it feels like the Penguins have only played the Capitals and Islanders. I don't feel as if they've played any other teams. But that's the way that the schedule is kind of crafted this year is playing a lot of teams in certain kind of chunks. But it, it feels as if we've not played anybody else, probably because we lost both of our games to Boston. So I just want to believe that that didn't happen. But point is, is it just it it's very strange. But we we take it with a grain of salt. I'm actually currently watching as we record this episode, the pens and caps, because that's always fun. But uh also, a quick NASCAR prediction here. They're at Homestead this weekend. I know I said on the front half that uh, there's some potential for a driver to win his first race. Um, you know, a guy like Noah Gregson, if he's in the field, you know, potential. But uh, Tyler Reddick is another one to watch. He was a cup rookie last year, a good racer. Um, so that's something to pay attention to. Chase Briscoe, a NASCAR rookie this year. Um, but even with that said, I, I think it's hard to overlook some of the, the bigger drivers. And, and, you know, this is a, a reoccurring theme in NASCAR. NASCAR, uh, somebody like Denny Hamlin, who has won at Homestead in the past. So I, I would probably put my money on somebody like Denny Hamlin uh, when it comes to the actual race and picking it. Uh, but, you know, watch out for guys like Tyler Reddick and Chase Briscoe, because you never know what could happen. Um, and I actually just real quick, just for a little bit of fun stuff, I have a um, I have the college basketball slate, the entire college basketball slate pulled up for Saturday. So I'm just going to pick a random game on here on ESPN plus that you should watch. I know nothing about any of these teams, but I'm picking one. Okay. I found it 6 PM on Saturday, ESPN plus. If you're a subscriber, Abilene Christian plays central Arkansas. Sounds like a great game. Check it out. Um, I have to ask, do you watch college basketball or do you just watch WVU? You know, I watch, I watch a little bit when it comes tournament time. Um, you know, if there's a big game, uh, for instance, like in the past, whenever like Duke and North Carolina play, I love watching those games. Those are always fun to watch. Now, this year it's been a little bit of a damper because both teams are not great. Um, point is, though, is, is I do like college basketball, but I really just kind of get into the big matchups. Uh, with the with the top 25 teams or the the big Monday games or Saturday games, whatever you would call it. Um, but again, mostly just WVU, but I can really get into some college basketball around tournament time. Uh, and you bet I'll be checking out some Abilene Christian in Central Arkansas on Saturday. <laughs> I love college basketball. I oh, bad radio breakaway, Michigan. Okay, um, that was bad radio. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> do we understand my do we understand story? This is this is something we actually talked about off air because we really don't understand this. Three hundred and sixty-six films are up for Best Picture mm. of the Oscar in the preliminary stage 
the most ever. What even came out last year? I mean, there was a lot of content that came out as far as video on demand, obviously, but what came out that was like noteworthy of like, um, the best way I can describe it is when once upon a time in Hollywood or 1917, two years ago in 2019 came out, everyone was like, gotta see this. This is gonna be an Oscar nomination type movie. Of course it was those kind of films that people were talking about. I don't think I know almost literally anything for the first time in a long time of movies that are even nominated or in the preliminary stages of Oscars. Cause I typically try to watch the best picture that wins the Oscar. I I've said it before. I still haven't seen mm -hmm. parasite yet. Cause I can't find it. It seems like for a streaming service and I'm not going to pay three bucks to rent it, but what in the world? That, uh, and, and again, this is something that we talked about off air, but I feel like that's every single movie that came out last year. I, I, I don't know if that's true, but that feels like every single movie that was released in the United States last year, because there just couldn't have been that many. And if, if you, if you reminded me of some, I would probably be like, Oh yeah, I remember that. But I mean, again, I, I realize I'm not the, the entertainment guy of this, of this duo, but still, I couldn't tell you one movie that came out last year that I even overtly remember caring about, let alone one that I would be like, Oh yeah, put that up for an Oscar. I just, I, I don't know what came out last year. I have no idea. Again, if you rattled off some, I'd probably be like, eh, okay. Yeah. I remember that. But, does, so my question to you is, is looking at the list, is anything that was like, you know, released on like Disney plus or like directly to Netflix or those included too? Um, because I feel like you would have to. Yeah. So real quick, let me uh, pull it up here because it is a wild story reading it. I'm just going to try to pick out like notable ones, like five or 10. Um, whoa. Uh, that's a weird one. Uh, bad, bad, boy. bad radio here, but. Oh, Bad okay. Boys yeah. for Life in January is nominated as an Oscar. What? Uh, Beastie Boys, the documentary, the Harley Quinn movie that came out in February. I, well, I saw that movie. It's not uh, It's not an Oscar movie. I mean, it, it's good, but it's not Oscar worthy. Um, Bad Radio, sorry. <laughs> I literally... I'll give you a quick one here real quick. While, while you're looking at the list, Tom Wilson's still a piece of trash if you... Um if you know anything about hockey <laughs> yeah tom, tom wilson uh not not a nice guy confirmed literally scrolling through the rest of this list here as much of an entertainment guy i am wonder woman 84 that there's nothing else on that list where it's like noteworthy well and that's that's why i asked the question because i feel like you you have to start including those movies because i remember a couple years ago there was debate about Oh, do you include movies that come out directly? You have to, because there's still movies that come out to a mass audience. And especially you're like last year where you're in the theaters for what, three months, not even three months before you're essentially kicked out. I mean, you have to include movies like that or else you would be <laughs> the Oscar winner for 2020 would be bad boys. I, I am curious. Uh, yeah. If bad boys wins the best picture Oscar, uh, that'll be crazy, but I am curious when the Oscars happen, the movie that wins best picture, are people going to be like, oh my gosh, I saw that. You know what I mean? And they're going to be like, man, that was fantastic. Or is it going to be like, 
uh, there wasn't really a whole lot to choose from. So, <clears throat> so I'm thinking of a movie that came out last year. I can't think of the um, name. Okay, so I'm looking it up because I remember one of the actresses in it. It's a. It was a movie that came directly to Netflix that I saw. Um, it had Millie Bobby Brown in it. It's called Enola Holmes. Is that on the list by chance? I only asked because I know that it came out last year. It was not on the list. Okay, so the the only movie that I can even literally remember coming out last year is not on the list. So there is at least one movie left off the list for uh, the best picture. So I can't say that I'm overly shocked about that, but fair enough. It just, it feels, it it feels like a lot because I feel like you almost have to consider all of them at this point because of the circumstances, but it, <laughs> there's, there's no way 366 movies are worthy of this nomination, right? No, no. Wild, wild. All right. So I have, I have a, do we understand story too? Uh, so this is something that actually combines a little bit of my hobby along with sports, but something that um, I, I don't know if you've really seen a whole lot of recently, um, and I'll do my best uh, to explain it to you. It's called NBA Top Shot. Have you heard anything about that? I have not. Okay. So what NBA Top Shot is, is essentially buying, it's essentially buying moments of the NBA. So you're essentially buying video clips of the NBA, like you would buy trading cards. So I've, I've said it here before, but I'm still an avid trading card collector. I'm sure a lot of you collected baseball cards or football cards when you were younger to some degree. Um, but basically that is this, but it's an online format. So essentially what you're doing is spending money and getting a pack of moments and they're all done in basically rarity. So if you buy like the common one, there's like 10,000 of each moment produced um, if you buy the rarer ones, there's less, but there are sales of these moments on this platform selling for like a hundred thousand dollars of players like LeBron James, like Zion Williamson of, of just NBA moments that happened. So people were, it's, it's basically like a cryptocurrency. It's almost like a Bitcoin type deal. Now I'm not going to claim to be a cryptocurrency expert here, but point is, is people are investing hundreds of thousands of dollars into this. It's been around for a couple years and it's really starting to kind of take off right now. Now it could very well crash in like a week, but do we even understand why anybody would want to virtually own something? I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. That's a, that's an awesome. Do we understand? I don't understand that at all. I mean, wouldn't you just YouTube the video moment and then save it to your phone? That's that's the argument from my side of this, right? So as, as somebody who collects cards, my thing is, is like, it's cool to be able to hold it and see it. And, you know, there's there's more scarcity in things and like the chase to put together sets. But, you know, I, I guess it's like that in the virtual sense, but you're right. Like, that's what people are saying. They're like, but you can, you can just YouTube the highlights. Like you don't have to, there's nothing about this that's different. Like the NBA still owns the rights to, you don't own the highlight. You just, you own moment. So what, I, I can't seem to understand why you would want to do that. And this is personally, because I realized that there's a ton of money in this right now, but it just, it feels, it feels strange to me. 
very strange. It's during the dunk contest. I will Google and YouTube Vince Carter's dunk. I've seen it dunk contest probably I would say a hundred times. It's still pretty insane to watch. You know the big camcorders and Shaq and KG, but I'm mm-hmm. not gonna pay to watch that. I can just youtube it and if anything they'll play it on espn or nba tv around the all-star game anyway well and and that's so i was reading about it last night because i heard i heard about it but i didn't really jump into it so apparently they do it in like so um now i know you're not like a like a big like sneaker head or maybe you are and um you know you're just not leading on to it but like so you know how like there are apps that they do like drops and like you have to be on at a certain time or like it'll sell out if you're not in for the drop or something like that. Yeah. Top shot kind of works the same way. So it's, it's very similar that they don't um, you know, that they don't just basically have these available. Like you have to be in for the drop. So it's a, it's a very odd thing to me to have these essentially just video clips that you own. And, and basically what they're saying is, is like in the platform, you know, there's 10,000 of these video clips, so it's not overly rare. Um, but, you know, 10,000 other people could own this clip. I- I'm just not sure that I understand it from the virtual sense, especially with a platform with like videos, because you're right. My thing is, is if I wanted to see game highlights, I would just go to YouTube or I would go to Twitter because you're going to find them there all anyway. I don't understand what the benefit of essentially owning them is. And maybe there's something that I missed in reading it, but I I don't understand this at all. It feels like a fad, almost like Quibi. Quibi. I'll tell you what. Quibi Quibi is going to keep making appearances in this show. It'll be like two years later, and we're just going to drop a Quibi reference, and there will be like 100 people that understand why that's funny whenever they listen to it. Because we've we've been so out on Quibi for the last month. (laughs) So, well... It is a funny thing to think about launching a business and getting a billion dollars in investment and then that business closing six months later. I mean, you, you have to feel bad for those people, but like at the same time, your, your model was obviously not correct, right? <laughs> no. If that's the case, you, you were obviously not right. And the, well, I don't want to dive into it too deep, but if you can't download it on an iPad or a Surface tablet or AirPlay it, and it's only for phones, I mean, come on, man. Even you can play Candy Crush on an iPad, but. Oh, yeah, you can. I'm on level like a thousand or something. Money morning headlines. This one's really a money morning headline about myself. My brain is scrambled eggs because college basketball my eyes basically hurt from the amount of college basketball I've watched over the last week. And it, it is messing with me because this is where I really dive deep into brackets. And look, I'll never have a perfect bracket. That's not what it's about. It's, it's about, I love March. I, the, the third, we're not even going to get that. That's sad. But the Thursday, the first day of the tournament, which will be Friday this year, that day is bananas. That day is bananas. So it's it's going to be a huge college basketball weekend. My brain is going to become scrambled, and I'm going to try to mix in Premier League, the Knicks play. I don't I don't know. I'm going to not have time. Yeah, it's a it's a big sports weekend. I think I might have to agree with you that there's going to be a lot of a uh, 
a lot of headlines. I feel like one that will dominate though, just because of the, just because of the the way that the the news cycle works. People are going to talk a lot about the Golden State Lakers game. I, I don't know why. That just feels like a game that people are going to have a lot to say about. Uh, you know, LeBron has a triple double, or Steph Curry scores. 50 with 16 threes or something like that something wild will happen in that game uh, that people will be dominating on but uh, a big weekend of basketball both college and professional a lot of hockey on this weekend too uh, of course premier league and, and some big matchups there nascar's on you have your you have your choices of games but i'm telling you the game that you got to watch this weekend is abilene christian in central arkansas tune in Tune in to Abilene uh, Christian, but Ryan, if they want to, um, that's my that's my Monday morning headline. <laughs> if they want to listen to us, follow us on social media. Where are they going to do that? How are they going to do it? How are they going to find out our upcoming guests? Where are they going to listen to it? All our upcoming guests. Yeah, check out our shows on Apple and Spotify. That's where you're going to find the shows. We assume that you're probably listening to us there, most likely anyway. Uh, but be, make sure that you're subscribed, that you're downloading the episodes and make sure to leave a rating for us as well. We always appreciate seeing that. Uh, leave a review too, if you're enjoying the show, just leave a quick review. Let us know how you're enjoying the show. Uh, but to find us on social media, again, you can always find us on Apple and Spotify for the show. But to find us for social media content, episode drops and more, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at 2 Ryan Sports Show. Again, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, for all the latest uploads, all the latest episodes, guest announcement alerts, as well as some other content that we put out to maybe some memes this weekend for college basketball or pro basketball. It feels like a good weekend for memes. So we might have some of those on deck too. And we'll see everyone uh, next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.